Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. Our scripture this evening does not take us all the way to the cross. It actually takes us right up into the last words Jesus has for all of his disciples. After the institution of the Last Supper, which we celebrated last night, Judas left to get ready to betray Jesus and to gather those who would come later that evening and arrest him and take him off to the chief priests. And so when he departed, Jesus was left with only 11. But this will be the final time that all 12 will be gathered together again. And here they are confronted not only with Judah's presence, but with the witnessing of his betrayal. And as he has brought them to a place that was known and celebrated by Jesus and his disciples, here he brings interlopers, those who come not to see Christ, not to experience his miracles and his wonders and his power, to wonder for themselves whether or not he is truly the Messiah, the Son of God. But instead, they come to arrest him and do him harm. They come to be the first of those who will lay hands upon Jesus, who will rip him from his earthly ministry and cast him into a public court that has already rendered him guilty. And their verdict is one that will end in his death upon the cross. And so here in this brief time, they are all together once again. And they are confronted with something that none of them truly saw coming. That this would be the end of all of the journeying, the traveling around Galilee, the journey to Jerusalem, all of the signs and the wonders and the conversions, all of the times that the people recognized that something was powerful in Jesus. All of that was about to end. And it ended with human betrayal. It ended with those who came with weapons and the desire to perform violence. And Simon Peter, the rock upon which Jesus said he would build his church, responds in a very human way. He takes his sidearm, his weapon, and he lashes out, probably in fear, in hurt, in anger. And he ends up striking and cutting off the right ear of Malchus. And when he does this, we can only imagine the gruesome picture that now fills the scene. That there is truly pain and suffering now. Already blood has been shed, but it was not shed by those who came to attack. Instead, it was shed by one of Jesus' own. One of his beloved, one of his four inner circle has now struck out and caused pain and suffering through violence. Only in the gospel account of Luke does it rectify this situation. All four gospel accounts record Simon Peter taking a sword and striking the ear. Only the gospel account of John will name that slave as Malchus. But what we find is that it is such a troubling picture that this would be the way that the apostles would respond to Jesus' arrest, that the writer, the author of the gospel account of Luke cannot stand for that to have the final say. And so only it is in Luke that Jesus reaches out and touches the ear of Malchus and heals him. But the rebuke that he offers Peter and those that are gathered is the same. 
put away your weapons, for I am here to drink the cup that God has placed before me. Jesus is saying to all of them and all of us that nothing, no chaos, no violence, no protest on our part, no action we could take would keep him from doing what he came to do. A moment ago, you heard the words of the Messianic prophecy, the words that described for Israel what the Messiah would do, the one that God would send to bring them healing and wholeness, to restore the promised land and raise up a people that had been downtrodden, that had been crushed and oppressed by foreign invaders. And even now, as they were living under the oppression of Rome, they yearned for God to set them free once more. And the words of the prophet Isaiah portray for us that Jesus knew that this would not be an easy, painless road. That he would take on to himself everything that we had brought forth into the world. Our sickness, our brokenness, our sin, the pain and suffering, the evil that comes forth from our sin. All of those things would be laid upon Jesus, literally upon his shoulders and his back infused in his being as he was crucified on the cross. And for what purpose? Why should God in human form suffer the likes of this, one who had no deceit in his mouth, no sin in his body, who had never done any harm? Why? Because God does not want us to suffer the most profound message that Jesus had to offer his apostles that night at his betrayal in the Garden of Gethsemane was that this suffering, which should be yours, I will take. I love you so much. I love you and those that will come after you and those that you cannot even fathom who will come even after you. All of you, I will take your sin upon myself so that you will not have to suffer for it. Not now, not later. At no point in our existence will we ever bear the full burden of our sinfulness. Because Christ took it from us. Even before we were born. Even before we committed our first sin. Even before we understood what salvation by the cross meant. Jesus took all of that from us. Jesus took it for us. And all over the world today, there have been Christians who have been stopping to consider just how unparalleled that love truly is. There are very few religions in the world where any deity is ever described as going to this length, this depth, in order to love their people. And and nowhere, nowhere in the scriptures Is there anyone who was willing to suffer like this for another? Not just suffer for those whom they love, but for those whom hate has filled them and they thrust it at God. Hatred and fear were probably so thick that night in the garden, you probably could have cut it with a sword. Fear on both sides. They came with weapons because they didn't know what Jesus would do. They didn't know how his followers would respond. They had watched on Palm Sunday as the crowds gathered and the parade began and people were shouting Hosanna. They were using the biblical terms to herald the arrival of their king. 
And the Pharisees watched this and said, no one can touch him now. He has entered into the holy city and he has truly become untouchable. And they were right. He was untouchable until one of his inner circle was willing to betray him. And some of us know what that's like. Some of us know what it is to have someone that you love and you hold so close, someone who knows how authentic and vulnerable you have been, betray you. And it leaves you so broken and fractured and in pain. And as hard as that is for human beings now, Jesus didn't just watch that happen and experience it. He knew that ultimately this was part of the journey that he would have to endure this. Imagine all of those years and that trust that he had in Judas and all the times that Judas rose to the occasion, all the times when other disciples couldn't understand and didn't get it, and yet Judas had been trusted with all of their money and had shown himself to be worthy of this. And then somehow, someway, between Sunday and Wednesday, something happened, and just like that, Judas turned. And he betrayed Jesus, and he sought to hand him over to the authorities, and maybe he didn't realize what would happen. Maybe he didn't know that they would crucify him. Maybe he thought they would just flog him, or maybe he thought it would be a catalyst for Jesus to be the Messiah that Judas thought he should be. If you would just be confronted, then maybe, just maybe, you will show them your power. Show them what I've seen. I've watched you feed thousands. I've watched you heal people. I've watched you expel demons. I have seen you bring the dead to life. Why won't you do what the Messiah should do? Set your people free. Ultimately, what he did was continue the downward spiral of humanity to bring us to our knees, to recognize that we don't act or speak or live perfect lives. And we don't do it with impunity because what we say and do and how we live affects others. And today, on this Friday, is our opportunity to reflect on how it affected Jesus. That all the things that we've done, no matter how big or small our sins may feel, how inconsequential our gossip and our words may seem in comparison to what are sins that have legal ramifications, like theft and murder. But no matter where we find ourselves on the scale, all of us sin and fall short of the glory of God. And every sin we have committed, no matter how small we may think it is, contributed to putting our Lord on the cross. And every moment of pain and suffering, six hours of being nailed to the cross, every moment, every painful, difficult breath, every drop of blood lost, all the mocking and the humiliation and the suffering that he endured, he did it not because he was proving his power and his might, not because the world needed to know that he was God in human form, Emmanuel, but because he loves us. To love so much, so deeply, that you would take on 
the rightful suffering and pain of others so that they would never have to know, so that they would be unburdened and liberated, so that they could be free to live a different way. That's what we gather to remember today. And how fitting it is that it seems like even the heavens has, have opened up to mourn alongside us. We don't come here to be depressed, although it is deeply depressing. We don't come here to show ourselves to God and, and spiritually flagellate ourselves. Instead, we come here to do what the twelve failed to do that day, to be with Jesus as we remember his suffering. He was abandoned and left for dead. They fled in fear. They refused to come and acknowledge him. Even Peter would deny him three times. And in the end, he was alone. But he is not alone today. Our sin put him on that cross. But we gather here so that he will not suffer alone. And as Jesus looks down, resurrected, risen, and triumphant in heaven, I hope he looks all over the world and sees Christians who seek to honor unparalleled love, radical grace, and the fact that love is willing to lay down its life for another, those who don't deserve it, those who don't understand it, those who can never truly understand just how great a love Christ has for us. But today we glimpse it. And for just a moment in our lives, we pause to remember that that cross should have been ours. And may the darkness of this day only be overshadowed by the bright, glorious celebration that will come on Easter. But before we get to the empty tomb, we have to remember how he got there. And so we gather and we worship and we mourn. It is only appropriate that someone somewhere remember what Jesus did for us this day. And perhaps little by little others will recognize that the gift of the cross is that it is no longer ours to bear. That Christ has set us free. And when our hands should have been nailed, outstretched, instead Christ has offered us the opportunity to embrace others. And where our feet should have been held firm to the center beam, Christ has liberated us to go forth with joy and a gospel that's about all understanding that they are beloved and that they can be forgiven of their sins as well. Christ stayed for the cross. He stayed and took our punishment so that we could be free and go forth in his name. And this day, we are free, and we have chosen to come here and be with him. May that be a blessing, a sign to Christ that it is not in vain, but that we remember we are grateful and we are his. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. 
Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week. 